Good afternoon, y'all. It's great to see y'all today. Um, guys, the gospel reading today is the Beatitudes, right? The life of the blessed, the life of the happy. Um, and I think all of us would say that that's a good thing. Like, we want to be happy. We want to be blessed. And so Jesus gives us the roadmap on how to do it, right? So he goes through all these lives of the, what the blessed look like. And it's interesting. There's a, a young man. He's, uh, well, about to be a saint. Blessed uh, Pier Giorgio Forsati. Some call him the Italian hottie. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he was an incredible young man. And John Paul II gave him that title whenever he entered into the beatification process. He gave him the title, The Man of the Beatitudes. Right? Pier Giorgio Forsati was an amazing young man. He lived in Italy. Um, actually, whenever I went to Italy a couple years ago, I spent the day with his niece. So he's very, very recent. Like she, was, she remembers him. She grew up with him. Um, she remembers his outings to the mountains. He was always outdoors doing something. He's a very popular guy, a life of the party kind of a guy. He loved climbing mountains, and he would, get, he would pay priests to come up to the mountains with him so that whenever they got to the top of the mountains, him and his friends could celebrate Mass. Um, he had a, a great, great love for our Lord and Our Lady. Um, and so Pierre Giorgio Frassati was also from a very wealthy family. And um, so he took a lot of his money that his father and his mother would give to him, and he would go and buy the medicine for all the poor. And so he had this great love and a secret life almost on serving the poor in the streets of Turin, Italy. And so actually um, he ended up dying uh, at a very young age in his early 20s. And um, whenever he died, he contracted a disease from serving the poor in some way, shape, or form. And whenever he died... Um, so many people showed up for his funeral. All the poor from the streets that his parents were floored. They had no idea the work that he was doing. So just an amazing young man. And it was really cool going to his house and celebrating Mass next to the bed that he died in. And then his niece told us all these stories about him and showed us his, his clothing and his rosaries and all this kind of stuff. But one thing she spoke about was that... Um, Whenever they exhumed his body as part of the canonization process, whenever someone is about to, when they're doing the process of um, seeing if this person was a saint, they exhumed the body. And when they opened up the casket, she said, I was standing right next to the casket whenever they opened it up. And she said, whenever they opened up the casket, he was completely incorrupt. And he looked like the day they closed the casket. He had never seen corruption. So um, I thought that was just super cool, right? This young man who gave his life and... You know, and a lot of times we think, oh, to be a saint, you got to go be a nun, you got to be a priest. Uh, no, this was a normal young guy um, who just lived life to the fullest and lived out the Beatitudes. That's how he lived his life, right? And so I think it's just really neat that um, we see Christ comes and he doesn't take away human suffering. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes, he, yes, he does healings to manifest that he is the Messiah, but in our day to day life, um, we're still going to suffer. So Christ doesn't come to take that away from us. That's the effects of original sin. What Christ does is He promises to enter into the suffering with us. Right? Pierre Giorgio Frassati lived his life for the Lord and serving the poor. He still suffered. You and I still suffer. Even though you're here, you're living the life of the blessed that you're trying to live the gospel as most effectively as you can. That's why you're here on a weekday. You're still going to suffer. I'm still going to suffer. right? So many times Christ doesn't take that away from us because sometimes that's the gift of the cross. And whenever we receive the gift of the cross, 
it aids us in our salvation. So Christ promises us that He's going to be with us in the suffering. He's going to be with us in the cross. Whenever we're carrying our cross, we have simply to turn to Him and say, Lord, I need Your strength to carry this cross. Give me the joy that the sweetness of suffering may be mine. Right? And there's always that paradox between suffering and sweetness. The saints talk about it. It's like, man, I wish I could get there. Right? Uh, but whenever suffering comes, so many times we're like, oh gosh, woe is me. I can't believe I'm going through all this. But Jesus helps to transform that. And that's the great gift that he gives to us, right? And so that's why you see the early church, Timothy, Paul and Timothy, he's writing to the church and he's speaking to them about suffering. If you caught that, he was like, for as Christ's sufferings overflow to us. You see, the suffering of Christ on the cross overflows to us. Why? Because he's the bridegroom and the bridegroom shares everything with the bride. And so the overflow of his suffering comes to us. He says, so through Christ does our encouragement also overflow. Have you ever been with somebody who suffers and they're the most positive person in the world? They're encouraging you and you're like, how can you encourage me? <laughs> like, you're the one suffering and you're encouraging me. There's something that happens when that takes place. Why? Because they're sharing in his suffering and his encouragement. Because there's always hope in suffering. There's always hope, right? And that's the hope in Jesus Christ. That the suffering somehow is going to aid us for our salvation. So let us pray that we suffer well. Right? That we receive the cross that Jesus has given to us and that, um, and that we can use it, transform it into a moment that aids us in redemption and our salvation. Amen?